everybody, this is Smashing Game Time. That's right, Smashing Game Time. We are three brothers that talk about gaming. Mike, you couldn't see my fingers if you're watching the video. Three brothers that talk about gaming. Now, some of you watching might be like, but there's only two of you. Yes, we had, Jake is out today. Jake recently just moved across the country. So he is basically living in a box right now, unpacking other boxes. But I am Nick, Nick Fat Knight on Twitch. That over there. I'm pointing the wrong way. That is Josh. You can find me at uh, I'm Josh Sang. He's Josh Sang. I still hate that name. I uh, love it. So if you haven't heard yet, we are breaking up the years into little littler pieces because covering a full year in a whole episode, yeah, 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 was getting to be a bit much. Last week we did January through March of 2008. This week we'll be doing, what is it? June. April through June, which... It's kind of kind of a banger period for 2008, but uh, I digress. Before we get into that, Josh, what have you been up to this week? Dude, I've been trying to take care of stuff, you know, adulting, the hard stuff. Oh, God, adulting. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of it this week. So I I went up to Chicago on Thursday. So we went up, we went up Thursday morning. We left here at 5.30. We got up to, we got up to Chicago around 11 for my orthodontics appointment. And then the rest of the trip was just like seeing people from when we lived up there. So we were, and then we left. So we saw like people from like during my time in the theater in Chicago, we saw people from where I used to work in college athletics. Uh, And then we, Friday night, we were like, fuck it. We're leaving. (laughs) We're just going to drive back down and we're kind of been back. So Thursday night though, we stayed in Airbnb. And this was the creepiest, most haunted-looking Airbnb I've ever been in. I don't know if you saw the photos. I don't know if I posted them to the group or not. But you pull up, and it's the house is, like, in a corner by itself. Like, you have to, like, make a bunch of left turns in a neighborhood. It's on a dead-end gravel road. It's yellow. It looks a little run down. The people who own it decided to light it with green lights to make it stand out more. Fucking eerie when you're pulling up in the middle of the night. You get inside. It's a mix of, like, old hardwood... And then, like, some rooms have, like, a green and white carpet. And all the furniture is, like, three or four times older than you and I. Uh, the paintings were all creepy. You get upstairs. The master bedroom that we slept in had, like, you know, like, one of those old, like, desks in the school where it's, like, the chair is connected to the desk. Yeah. An old wooden one of that right next to the bed. So my ass is, like, laying in bed thinking, like, if I fall asleep and wake up, someone's going to be sitting in that chair. Uh, the master bathroom, like the lights were in weird places. It, it was, oh my God. Like it felt like there were weird, like little doors and rooms that like led to nowhere. Oh my God. I was scared. Well, basically what you're saying is it wasn't because you were done seeing people. You just didn't want to spend another night in that sh- creepy ass house. Well, we only had that one for one night and this was a, this was a big house. It was a big house for 80 bucks a night, which if you had like a full, if you could fill it up with eight guests, like they want you to, like that sounds like it would be a good time. Yeah, it sounds like a good time for a murder movie. Because if, yeah, if you have it, like, I feel like if there's eight people in that house, no one's getting murdered as long as everybody sleeps with the doors open. No, so so what happens in that scenario, if you have a, the full eight people, you all fall asleep and you wake up and you go to open the door. And when they open it, it's just like a brick uh, layer. Like, there is no exit. It's just a false door. Basically. It's just a brick in front. Like, yeah. you're all, everyone's bricked in. Someone, the ghost yeah. is laying bricks in the middle of the night and nobody heard it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, basically, it's like only one can leave. And it's funny. So, Josh, right before the podcast started, I sneezed. And he, what did you say when I sneezed? 
when you die, nothing happens. So I watched, I actually watched a movie about that called, I think it's called the, it's called the dark house or the, the night house. Yeah. The night house. And it's about this woman, her husband kills himself. Um, and he leaves her a note that's like, Hey, you were right. Nothing happens. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. And like with no context, you're like, what the what the hell? Fuck. Well, it turns out she had died when she was younger. And like, you know how like when younger folks die, they're like, oh my God, I saw heaven, mommy and daddy. I saw heaven. Uh, she, she like told her husband, like, I saw nothing. Like there was nothing. And it turns out nothing manifested into like a demon that was like haunting the husband, trying to get him to kill his wife for him because he wanted the wife back. So the husband, who is an architect, built a house opposite of their house and was sleeping with other women that looked like his wife and then murdering them to trick this demon for years. And then finally he just got tired of doing it and killed himself. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was a like it wasn't the greatest movie in the world that I've seen, but it was one of those like, oh the wow, that's that's not something I've seen before. <laughs> Dedication. And then I needed a I needed a palate cleanser afterwards, so I watched the uh, Tony Hawk documentary on HBO. It's called How Tony. Was that? Tony Hawk until the last wheel falls off. It was depressing. It wasn't a palate cleanser at all. It just added on top of it. it. <laughs> I took the cake. Josh. The... So he skating was big in the 70s, and then it falls off in the early 80s, but then it picks up in the late 80s, and then it falls off in the early 90s, picks back up in the early 90s because of the X Games and the Tony Hawk games, falls off kind of a little bit in the 2000s, picks back. It's just these skaters that are like wanting to like chase this passion of theirs, and like it just keeps teeter to It was so depressing. And then watching Tony try to listen to me talk to him like he's like in the other room. Watching Tony try to land the 900, it was just, oh, oh my God. He, so many like bails. You got our yeah. Doctor Strange tickets, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah, they're already ordered and everything. They're here. They're ready to go. Yeah, I've already. I mean, literally, they were good. We got middle rows, back of the end. Like we're set. It's not a three-hour movie, is it? Two hours and four minutes. That's better. I thought it was oh, going to yeah. be something ridiculous. Like I thought they were going to be like, okay, well, we need to set up. A, we, I, for real, like that's my that's my worry about uh, Marvel dabbling in these TV shows more, is that I feel like the movies will try to like ham in like an hour. For yeah, people who haven't seen the shows, it'd be kind of like, oh, here's Wanda. Here's what Wanda's been going through. We're going right. to waste some time so people who haven't, who don't have Disney Plus can get caught up. No, but speaking of long movies, I did finally see the Batman. Mm. Thoughts? I absolutely enjoyed it. And I thought... Uh, I, just wanted to Rob, kiss, I just wanted to kiss Rob the whole time. Rob is... Honestly, he was probably the, like one of the best Batman that you could pick. He's the honestly, horny, he's the horniest a Batman has ever made me. He he is, but he's also the green. He made Batman look the greenest, and I actually absolutely enjoy that because Batman right off the bat shouldn't be the best that he is. He is still learning, and this is it's year, year two. It's, it's year two Batman. Like yeah. he's still very much a rookie. Whereas like if you go back and watch Batman Begins after watching the Batman, you're like, how is he pulling off these moves? Yeah, no, he shouldn't have been. That's I think I absolutely enjoy that. Plus, we didn't get too much Bruce, and I honestly I think he could do a good Bruce. But the fact that they didn't focus so much on Bruce, it was more focused on Batman. I absolutely enjoyed it. If you could just, if well, first of all, I didn't realize Andy is that Andy Sorkis that's playing um, Alfred. 
I think it is, yeah. I I didn't realize that until someone had said something afterwards. He just that man just disappears into his roles. Like what if and what if it was just a CGI Alfred? It wasn't he actually him. They just like hooked him up in the green suit and said, All right, go play a butler. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. Oh, Bruce, I let you down. <laughs> he's gonna get like the claw hair when he's doing it. Oh. I uh um, Why does he have a claw hand? But no, I just wanted to hug him and tell him everything was going to be okay. No, it, honestly, overall, I don't care what anybody says. That was by far, I think that was better, in my opinion, than the Christian Bale Batman's. I, I think each has the each has their highlight no, no. and their low light. I I tell you what though, like the near the end where they like hinted at the Joker, I was like, guys, we don't need to fucking do this again. I hope honestly, I hope they don't. I hope it's just like it's setting something up, like for maybe the third movie. Like I'm, you know t- what I mean? I'm tired of the realist, ba- like the realistic Batman, like. Give me fucking Clayface. Give me fucking Poison Ivy with her plants ravaging the city. Give me agree. Give me one of those crazy like like yes, have your realistic world, but like maybe like like a mystery around Clayface could just fuck so much up cuz he oh, look, he's so he's so and so. So like it even doesn't have to necessarily be like the clay face we know. It could be like somebody who's just a master of disguise and a good. You know what I mean? Like he could just be a serial killer who's. You know what I mean? Like give us something that's similar to that because you can still make clay face. It just wouldn't be in the sense that everybody's used to. Where... I'm just saying, make it up. Go CGI on it. Like fuck, Venom's a thing. <laughs> that's true. And people don't bitch about how wonky that looks. Like, and that, that guy's like, first of all, I, not to get off on a tangent too much, but Venom is very. Um, very into Eddie Brock. Those two love each other. <laughs> that, but if, if you're looking at it in a sense of you're trying to be realistic, technically, Venom shouldn't exist without Spider-Man. And that's and they've done that. So it's like, you can still have your realism, but also have your, you know. Yeah, like, go crazy with it. Like, yes, you've built up this realistic world, and it's grimy. And, oh, what was the article I read? I think it called it, like, Crime Camp or Camp Noir. And I was like, yeah, that sounds... It was very, like... The Batman's a very campy movie, and I know this because they played the same Nirvana song twice. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that was Nirvana until I looked it up after. I was like, "What is that song? What is that moody song?" I was like, "This it has mean, to it be." It sounded like I said it sounded really familiar when I listened to it, and I was like, "Man, this sounds oddly familiar." And then I looked it up, it's like, "Hey, it's Nirvana. That makes sense." A sad Batman listening to one of the saddest musicians. <laughs> all right, folks. So I could talk. We could talk Batman all day, but we know I we can. are here for 2008 we uh last, last week we started to narrow it down but we've oh, we, oh, we oh took the chisel even right before this i was like mm. nick nick's nick took my work and he looked at it and he goes no good and he and he cut me down what's the scene from first class he's like show me i was like josh show me the list and he pulled it out and i was like no the real list and he like erased one thing and i was like no the real list and he whittled it down to what we were at and i said perfection All right, Josh, you ready to get into quarter two of 2008? Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. All right, so first up, so again, we're looking at uh, more these games, like you look at them and you can see bits and pieces of them and things that you see today. More influential, basically. Or it's just something fun to poop on. Yeah. And why it didn't work. So first up, uh, April 10th, we have Mario Kart Wii. 
which was the Wii's first and only Mario Kart, if I'm remembering correctly. This was correct. the one before this. I want to say was the DS, right? Because uh, it went it went Double Dash DS, which DS, DS is basically then, an N64 re re release. Yep. And then this. And then this, yeah. And this was like, was this one of the first games where you turned the Wii Mote sideways and? Yep. And this is actually where they took they started to get special designs. So they actually had like a steering wheel that you would put your Wii remote into it that. sideways, and then you could play it like that. Yeah. So you yep. had the the tracking. But you still held. Was it A or the trigger that made the car go? Uh, depending on how you did it, um, you could have set like so. If you had it set like with just the regular controller, uh, I believe it was the two button at the bottom right. And, and so then the, if you had if you had the full thing where you had like the nunchuck and stuff, it was the triggers. And so this was year two of year two of the Wii, right? We came yeah. out in two thousand seven along with PS three. Yep. We we was going heavy on the implementation tools. Let's see, they had a they had uh, which what was the Zelda for this one at this time? What do you mean? What what was the Zelda game that came out for Wii? That was a uh, was that oh, Twilight Princess? Twilight Princess technically was poured over to it, and then they also had uh, Skyward Sword. But Skyward Sword wouldn't come until I think twenty two thousand nine. So yes, because towards the end. So I feel I, I don't know. I feel like the Wii, like while it was popular because of like Wii Sports and like the different like implementations of the Wii Mo, I feel like the Wii was very slow out of the gate. No, yeah, you definitely don't see all the heavy hitters until like year two and beyond. So like this year, you start to see like obviously Mario Kart, you get a couple of sports games. Um, and then, of course, you've got all of the the big popular things that made it so popular. We Sports, we Fit later on down the road. Um, and all the different accessories came with it. Like, you had the Wii board, balancing board, um, the special designs for, like, first-person shooters for, like, the Resident Evil Chronicles and all those games. But even so. even looking, like, at the list before the show or just looking at, like going back and looking through the games from 2007, 2008, and even 2009, you start, you kind of already, excuse me, start to see the writing on the wall with all the shovelware. Yeah. There was I mean, a we lot. Was <laughs> we, we was definitely the area to go for low, lower game, like games that just like, they're trying to get out of the indie market and try to make it onto a platform other than, you know. Well, and I think, I think the Wii, so I mean, you kind of see, you kind of see it now, like with mobile games. Not so much anymore, because I feel like I feel like the people flocking to make a mobile game has kind of waned a little bit. But the Wii was in the zeitgeist. Like everyone, the Wii was the thing to get for the holidays, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I think even two thousand ten. And so you really see all the show because people are like, "Oh, the Wii, the Wii, the Wii. Let's get uh, let's get resort casino Wii out, so people will buy it." And it's. That's the first I've seen of that because yes, like you could argue last gen that was the PS2, but it's because the PS2 had such long legs, like from 2000 to 2006, and like I know, I know that generation's basically up, but hell, the last PS2 game was 2010. It might even be later than that. PS2 just had such long legs, whereas the Wii was in the news, so people were like, "Fuck, we got to make Wii games, you guys," and. It's, and it's so much more than that even it's not just so much the shovelware it's we're starting to see individuality like you're getting all this online play the like for example for nintendo you were making your Miis, uh xbox 360 and ps3 you had your accounts there 
uh, you're starting to also see like the trophy system in some of the systems uh, as well. So it's like there's just so much to do where with the 360 and PS3 is a little more complicated with all of their additional add-ons and uh, gaming. Where the Wii was still like you had your own individuality, but it was a lot easier and tangible to uh, develop in that sense. And I wonder how much in this era of Nintendo, how much Nintendo was cannibalizing itself because you already had the, the DS Mario, mm-hmm. the DS Mario Kart. Oh, we went through the whole thing. Let's start. It we haven't had that happen before. Oh my <laughs> that's, god! That's a first. We narrowed it down. Uh, so you had the the DS Mario Kart, like you had, and you also had all the shovelware coming out. So I just, I really wonder. And you saw it with like the Wii U, like people didn't really latch onto the Wii U 3DS at that time was still very popular. So I just wonder like how much of this era between the Wii Wii U inspired the switch and like Nintendo's like, Oh, we only need to focus on one and basically combining their two, uh, their two fronts instead of just having the two separate, like they had for the, like Nintendo was doing the two fronts for how long? 10, 15 years. Well, longer than that, even at this point. Yeah. Cause when was the first Game Boy? 96? Something like that? No, I think it was even before that, Nick. But yeah, they had been split they had been splitting their mark they had been splitting up the two. Well, yeah, and then at this point so this is the era now where we've got, you know, technically you still had the Game Boy Advance, it was still very popular. Mm-hmm. Like because people couldn't want to spend money on the DS. And on top of that, they had the, the cartridge where you could play both DS and Game Boy Advance games. You had the DS, you had the Wii, and like you said, eventually you start to mix like, okay, well, we, you just released a Mario Kart, you know, not even six months ago. You're already releasing another one for a different console that I don't have. And you start to get this, okay, we're going to buy it. And then by the time the Wii U and the 3DS come out, people are like, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to spend $300 on one system alone just to have the same game, basically. And then, like, like you said, they start to eventually like realize, okay, yeah, we're, you know, instead of making two separate things, let's try to make one combined and make it the perfect thing. And that's what the Switch ended up being. And I also bring that up because I think this is like the worst selling Mario Kart, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the worst yeah. selling. I, if it's not this one, I think it's the the DS, which I think is crazy because like the Wii at a certain point had a great install base. You just see Nintendo cannibalizing itself so much at the, at, at this time period. Moving moving on because I could talk about Nintendo and like their business practices all all show. April twenty second, we had Turok, which. Uh, I bring I brought these so there are a few like this one. I bring this Turok game. This was a reimagining of the series after it had gone dormant for about eight eight years. Least, last one yeah. was last one was on the N sixty four. So I bring this one up just because like Hollywood at this point was in very deep into getting ready for like a lot of remakes. Uh, like. You had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I think it was 2009. Um, Friday, Friday the 13th remake, I think, was going to be the following year. Uh, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't a remake, it was like heavy, stylized, like torture porn, like Saw or Hostel. Otherwise, yeah. like, man, like, would you, would you consider Tur- Turok horror? Like, it's a horror series? This one, I think they tried to aim towards that. Before that, no, I think it was more of like an action type deal. So Turok, for those who don't know, uh, was a series on Nintendo 64. I think it was on PlayStation. It was, you were like a space marine hunting down dinosaurs on a dinosaur planet. Uh, some of the dinosaurs were like like uh, sentient, like very humanoid can control guns. The highlight of the series was like the different kinds of guns. They were very crazy. It was kind of like, it was kind of like uh, Quake or Doom. 
I, I don't think Doom was crazy on the guns, but Quake had like these out there like space guns that you could use, and that was that was the appeal of Turok. I remember I remember one specific gun, and like Turok Two was like a cube that would like yes, the cube send like it would like would it. it it would send a spike out or it would electrocute somebody. I forget exactly what it did, but I just remember holding a cube and it being very deadly. Whereas if you're looking yeah. at this, just looks like a regular old 2008, 2009 period shooter. I mean, to me, this looks like they took like um, King Kong and mixed it with Torok basically. I mean, am I wrong? I, li- I like the, the difference is I liked that King Kong game. Cause <laughs> well, they, yeah, it was a fantastic they're just like, Oh, th- by the way, this is the 1920s. So you get a Tommy gun. <laughs> That's, That's all, you, all you needed. And that, that was fun. Whereas this is like, first of all, that guy's already getting hit. I don't even think he's like yeah. playing. <laughs> oh, his buddy's yeah, got dragged off. <laughs> just standing there like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to walk away, pretend like nothing happened here. Keep moving forward. Yeah, here nothing has yeah. happened at all. Up here's a little cliff. We're going to jump down or we're going to fall down. Something's going to happen here. Oh, we're going to jump down. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't big on Torok. Like, I played a little bit of the originals. This one, not so much. I think the only one I remember really playing was, I think it was 2, is that Seeds of Evil? Yeah, 2 was Seeds of Evil. Yeah. So I remember playing a lot of that, and then after that, I, it just all went downhill. Like, it, I don't remember anything Torok. <laughs> I think until this came out, and then it's like, oh, God, why? I mean, it just looks rough. It looks like it needed a little more time in the oven before they put it out, but I'm sure they were rushed. I'm sure they were rushed to get it out. Let's see. It was so it was published by Disney Interactive Studios. I'll let you know why it was rushed, uh, and then developed by Propaganda Games. Propaganda if memory serves me right, they also did Tron in 2010. The Tron, yeah, they, the Tron game, they, like the yeah, Tron they did the, yeah, the Tron Evolution, and then I believe they had two other games in development and they got canceled. I think it was a Pirates of the Caribbean game, and then I think. I don't know how it's possible, but I think they had originally before Torok 1 came out, they were uh, greenlit for Torok 2 as well, if it did well, and then ended up getting canceled. Yeah, they weren't. If, with that with that game being in the state that it was, there was no way that they were going to greenlight anything else from those guys. Yeah. And, then, and then on top of that, I mean, it defunct in 2011, so or they did propaganda games. They had to, so. they had to go. April, had 20, to go. April 29th, we got a banger. Grand Theft Auto 4 came out. Uh, I was I was excited about so I remember remember Andrew Josh? Yes, I do remember Andrew. He, he drove a copy over to me for the of this. Like I bought it and he went and picked up my copy for me. Uh this was Rockstar's first uh this so the three sixty gen, PS three gen. This was their first foray into that. Uh this was them redoing Liberty City. This felt more, it had the different boroughs of New York, whereas whereas uh, originally GTA 3 had Liberty City. It just felt like a big city. It didn't feel like the different boroughs. Like you could drive into essentially what was Queens for them, and it'd be like the same sport cars you saw in Manhattan. Now this, like you have, you drive into the different locations, you get the different feels. The soundtrack was uh, very, very uh, late aughts at this point. I remember one trailer. Uh, what was it? He was like walking, and like it, they they did the thing where like he's walking, but it's cut, like of him in the background, like his background changing where he's at, and it was just very, oh my god! And this is um, who is this? The hero of this game is Nico Bellic. He is, I believe, Eastern European. Oh yeah, that is, is correct. It, uh, is it, was it Yugoslavia? Yeah, Eastern. 
No, Eastern European. You're right. Okay. So he 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 has just come back from war, uh, looking for a restart. His cousin uh, runs a cabbie company out of uh, are they in Brooklyn at the beginning of the game, and uh, it's Nico coming to start his new life, and he eventually ends up back into the back into the crime world, uh, relentless, un, unwillingly. Uh, there's like a revenge story here about someone who wronged him during the war and he, you get the opportunity to, uh, exact that revenge or like turn the other cheek. Oh my God. I remember the driving being tough on this game tough in this game as well. Feeling it felt very like the cars had a lot more weight to them compared to the last few games in the series. Definitely drove a little more realistically because I remember when I first off, I remember coming home from practice one day and you were playing, and I thought, Oh my god, this is the most beautiful looking game I've ever seen in my life. This is also this is also Rockstar's last uh foray. Well, they did it, uh, they did it with uh Red Dead two years later, but this is the last GTA that got story based uh DLC that wasn't implemented into their multiplayer uh format, yeah. But I remember for the driving. If, and I think they kind of tweaked it a little bit, but for five, I think it was a little more looser. But with this, I remember if you had a wheel, like if you were driving, getting shot at, and someone popped a wheel, it was almost like you would almost instantly lose control of your car. Like it was almost impossible to get back control until like you slowed down and stopped, and then you could go back again. Right. Yeah. The driving would driving definitely received like a heavy tweak compared to other stuff. the The combat was also very uh, like more more towards like games of the time so like you could take cover behind cars like aiming wasn't like this nasty thing like it was in san andreas uh i think they redid the cop portion of it a little bit so you can see on on this screen right now like if the cops are after you there's a little area where they're searching for you you get out of it you can kind of lose your stars that way so they take away they take away the importance of needing to use uh what was it the spray and pay yeah so i also sorry good I was say they take that away, um, give you if you give you like a better chance of escaping on your own without having to. Oh, I need to go find this brave. Oh, there's one only one across town. And I also know like they tweaked it to where if you got past a certain star, so if you got like past like I think star three when they start to send out like helicopters after you and uh, basically it's a SWAT team after you. I know they're a lot more aggressive in their tactics change. I think this one they actually started to implement like the the tri- uh, tire stoppers where they'll throw the spikes out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember those. And then, I, and then I think they also introduced um, first time in a long time, I think, because I think they stopped doing after Vice City, but I think they introduced once you get to the highest rating, uh, you get tanks after you in this one. Because I think Vice City, you can only find them. Mm-hmm. And then I think San Andreas, they didn't really, I mean, they had a tank, but it wasn't like indestructible like it was with Liberty or Vice. But I think in this one was the first time they introduced tanks chasing you. I think, I think so. This game hasn't aged the greatest, but I think, I think I prefer four over five. If I'm being honest, the one thing I think five did better than four, and it's just because of, you know my knowledge of the old games and how hard they are, is in a mission when you die, even if it's like the hardest mission, you're almost done. You don't have to start from the very beginning. You know, not start from the very beginning. You don't have to go back to where the mission starts and then start the mission. It literally will just let you replay from where you last at, stopped at. For, yeah, from a mechanical and like just a, uh, I forgot what word I was going to use. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited when he launched that car into the water. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the replayability is a lot better in five just because, yeah, you don't have to like trek back across the city after failing a mission. But I just, I feel like four has a little more soul to it. 
No, it definitely does. I think I was more invested in four story wise because I think at one point, uh, isn't there like I can't remember what mission it is. I think it's when you go to assassinate the crime lord, one of the crime lord's uh, sons or something. Uh, isn't it like an all-out battle basically between you and uh, the syndicate? Basically, I think so. I'm blank. I'm blanking. I just I remember. So once you get into once you get into Manhattan, you're basically choosing between uh, I think it's an up and coming rapper. And then like a drug lord, and if you take on the drug lord, like it's a big battle to kill him. But you and the, you and the rapper become like best friends. If you kill the rapper, like he's just sitting in his apartment, and he's like, "Man, you chose him. That's fucked up." And then he like you you get into a fist fight, but you feel the weight of that fight, and you just the characters like there are decisions that you make, and yes, there are decisions that you make in five, but five just feels so soulless, and the care like the I don't care about the characters outside of the main three. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's the point since five is based around Los Angeles and just how grimy Los Angeles, like Los Angeles looks great. Oh, there's that beautiful map, by the way, Los Angeles looks great, but like on the surface level, it looks great. But then you get down to see the people and everyone's grimy. Whereas this one is, oh, this place looks grimy, but all these people have soul. All these people have like, all these people have dreams that they're chasing and they're like, New York is a place for all these people to restart. And it's just these people snuffing each other out for a better chance for themselves. Whereas LA or Los Santos, it's just like, we're going to fucking kill you. Cause you suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I- I'm hoping GTA Six kind of gets back to the feel for, and I hope they, I hope they, because I keep hearing it's Vice City, but I'm like, mm, I'd rather it not be Vice City. I'd rather yeah, try something new. No, I agree. I mean, Five was fun, I think, for the playability, but like you said, for story wise, I mean, I don't, it's not really memorable. Like, it's so you've got two characters who are basically psychotic in their own way, and basically you curse at you every other second, call you motherfucker and cocksucker, mm-hmm. and then you get. Uh, I forget all their names, honestly, but the third guy, he's the up and coming. He's trying to make a name for oh, himself. Oh, that's, uh, that's Franklin. Franklin, thank you. Trying to make a name for himself. And it's just like, it's just not as memorable. Like where, you know, Nico, it's like, you you know, his backstory is amazing. So you, he, he's you know, realistic to a sense. And then it's like, he's just trying to live his life. And it just, the crime life just sucks him back in. And it's just him trying to get basically get out of it almost i do i do think franklin's like the most interesting character in he is in six like the the mob story is like the oh i'm a retired mobster i want out and then like the opposing mobster like oh i'm the heavy mobster i want to stay in it and i'm going to get you back that story's been done to death whereas like frank i liked the i like if they had gotten rid of those other two and just let you play as franklin like struggling with those two that would have been great i think that would have been good yeah instead of like because oh, who I forget. So Trevor's the crazy one. I forget. Is it Michael? Michael? Michael's the. I think it's Michael. Michael's the one yeah. like trying to get out. And yeah, it, he's the one who like went to the FBI or CIA. And he's hit. just so whiny, and he's just like, "Oh, my family sucks." Like, yeah, I don't care about you, dude. <laughs> You're living in this big house, and Franklin's living on Grove Street, like struggling to get by. Like, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, Mark May twenty first. We jump a whole month to we fit. We had a Wii Fit board, Josh. Did you know this? I still have one here. You do? Yes, you do. I do. I do. Uh, I think the most influential thing about Wii Fit is that it just reminded everyone that Nintendo was willing to do some weird shit that nobody was thinking about. Well, so this is during the craze, especially in the U.S., where you know everybody is like complaining about child obesity and obesity in general. 
And this was like, oh, this, okay, was, this well, was right around the time uh, yeah. Michelle Obama had that program starting up. This was, it was, I mean, she, they weren't in office yet, but no, yeah, but she, she was, was she still would make a push for, she would be making a push for that in the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, like, this is the craze. Like everybody's talking about when we get into fitness and stuff. And it was actually becoming more popular. Plus you're starting to see the, the VODs of the, you know, training videos and stuff. So this is like Nintendo's attempt of like, okay, well, we're going to get into that market and just try to dabble in it just enough to make some money. And, this is what they came up with. And honestly, it would it, honestly, people went crazy for it. I remember it was like, this is like the, like one of the reasons next to Wii sports. And then the, of course, all their IPs of why people wanted the Wii so bad and why it st- stayed the most sold and possibly impossible to find console for three, four years. The person in this video we're watching is terrible balance. I believe the, um, I think this is a great proof of concept. I don't think, and I know I'm, I'm calling it a video game. It's not in, in the lot of minds of a lot of people. This isn't a game, but I think this is a great proof of concept that eventually read, led to Ring Fit. The last few, like Ring Fit, people love the hell out of that. I think in the in the games area, in the games arena, I think Nintendo is above everybody else when it comes to putting stuff out. Like, oh, I didn't know you could do push-ups on it. Oh, do a right plank. Oh, those suck. I don't think a Wii board, I don't think this board would be able to support me if I was doing a right plank on it. No, we only have to try it out, Nick. But I think last time I tried to do any of this stuff, it did not work very well. I would have to me. put pads. I need, I, like, it, that's a hard pad. I would need, like, actual soft padding on that. Not only that, but, like, I feel like the board is so unbalanced on the ends. Like, if, if I remember correctly, I'm going to pull out here probably a little bit just to see, stepping on it close to the edge or, you know, putting weight on it starts to tilt it. Yeah, they have the, they have the little legs. It's dangerous. I forgot you it's could pull it on it too. I just I I like where Nintendo's head was with it. I think the most influential thing about it is that it led to Ring Fit. But I also think the most influential thing was people were just simping for uh for a Wii Fit lady. <laughs> that's why they put her in Smash. Oh, I said that's why they put her in Smash. <laughs> They're like, ah, you know, people are being creepy about her. Let's just put her in Smash and call it a day. May she has 20- no faith, guys. You guys have no faith. Uh, May twenty third, Hayes came out. Hayes is we pulled this one because, I mean, this is just another one of those military shooters that didn't really. Uh, it looks promising. I think these are all like they're all. It's like honey bait, honeybee based. They're it's what their designs based off. They just look stupid. <laughs> they look so dumb. Well, so if Nick, I don't remember this correctly, but we're at the time where people were trying to make the Halo killer. Yeah, this was not a Halo killer. But remember, that's what they were going for. Is so at this point, everyone, Halo is, you know, it's Halo the 3, top. Halo Three was at the top of its game. Call of Duty yeah. was just like Call of Duty beating the like. If anything's a Halo killer, it would. Uh, there's two things that are a Halo killer: Call of Duty, and then Halo after Halo Reach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything. I mean, everything else is just uh, not even a nice. I'm not even gonna give them a nice try. It's just so, so, uh, so what people shun this game so much. I love the concept, and I think I don't remember the plot of this one at all, really. Uh, essentially, uh, your soldiers who are uh, working for a corporation that has this new drug that's called nectar, it's supposed to be like a supplement that helps you and like with fighting and stuff. I, and remember I, the, the... Nec- I remember the nectar spin on it, I forgot that it was a drug, though. Yeah, so I believe the, the whole plot itself was like, oh, this sounds really cool. But what they lost everybody in was the the look and the gameplay. I think it could have been like if they just spent a little more time focusing on the gameplay and the 
the design of everything. Like the character design is fantastic. I, the whole they look like bees and stuff. I absolutely love it. I love that yellow face <laughs> it's shield. So like dumb. it's so this it's is dumb, also, but it's also this was also cool. peak B movie time, by the way. Yes. Unfortunate fresh. For them. <laughs> fresh after the B movie. <laughs> I, I just I I can't it just looks like a generic shooter at the time. I, I think so yeah, a lot of stuff is labeled as a a Halo killer, but I think a lot of people saw what fear did as well and they're like oh we can kind of because what were were these all uh what is what is the engine for counter-strike and fear and all those games uh for counter-strike and fear that's the wait uh is it it the source engine i think it's the source engine yeah they just all have that like they all have that look and maybe it's just because maybe it's just because aiming down the sights wasn't like the the standard yet but they just have this look about them, like bland forest. Oh, you liked far? You played Far Cry. You like Far Cry? All right, we'll put a woods area. Oh, you like well, being scared? We'll have this scary character jump out at you. Well, remember this though, Nick. These are the same guys. This is um, Free Radical. They did time all the time splitters. Okay. And then after all this, after Hayes, you know, they go on to become part of Crytek UK and work on like Crisis 2, uh, the Crisis Port, Crisis 3, and Warface. My hot take is I don't like Crisis either. <laughs> okay, so I can understand 3, 2, partially. 1 is such a fantastic game. You cannot shit on 1 I think much. it was just a, like, a game that PC gamers like to drool over because they're like, oh my god, it's running it, it's running what? it. Even nowadays, the original is still like hailed as like the go-to game to test like all your stuff, and it's like I don't see that, but okay. I mean, I can see it because it's oh my god, it, you honestly, it's a power chugger. It destroys your PC. Let's see here. It would it would probably destroy mine. June third, Ninja Gaiden two came out. This was uh this was another great go at Ninja Gaiden. Uh, they still have the source code on this. Hopefully, they don't lose it like they lost the source code for one. I would. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of different weapons you can play through. I remember trying to play through. This game got tough. I remember beating the first two or three levels and then getting to the werewolf levels and just stopping. Like, ah, I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, and honestly, I think this like this compared to the first one is much easier. I couldn't even tell. Uh, like, I couldn't even point out the bosses to you in this game if I tried. I think I can only point out one, and I think it's like a thunder demon. I think I know which one you're talking about. So yeah, I just. They just were like, hey, we need another Ninja Gaiden. Like, Xbox uh, 360 already had a great, like, library going, but they just, they kept it going. They had a lot of variety at this point. And I think this was like, I don't know how you put out Ninja Gaiden 2 and then, like, get, like, its reception and then, like, all right, whatever the fuck 3 was, they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do to 3 to make it different. (laughs) Oh, 3 was just a hot mess. Honestly, 3 is the only one I've truly beaten 100% and was just disappointed. I was just like, wow. Have they done anything besides these Ninja Gaiden games? Uh, Team Ninja. So they actually just did, I believe they helped with the new uh, Final Fantasy that came out. Okay. The uh, Stranger Stranger of Paradise Fantasy Origin. They did Ninja Gaiden. They helped do uh, Neo and Neo 2. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, so they so they are alive. They're still sticking around and doing things. They're not like they weren't like, oh, we're all out of gas. Sorry guys. No, but like the, I mean, honestly, looking at their catalog now, even pulling it up, so you've got all the Dead or Alive's, then you get to Ninja Gaiden, then you get another Dead or Alive, then you get Ninja Gaiden Black, then two more Dead or Alive's, uh, four 
Ninja Gaidens. Then they actually helped do Metroid Other M. I totally forgot. Oh, about I forgot that. they helped with that. Then you get another Dead or Alive. Then Ninja Gaiden three, two Ninja Gaiden threes because they had the regular. And then you had the Razor's Edge, which was like Team the Ninja is version. just horny as fuck. <laughs> then you have more Dead or Alive's, and then it goes to Hyrule Warriors. Two more Dead or Alive's, Dissidia for Final Fantasy, another Dead or Alive, <laughs> Neo. I mean, dear God, like every other game's a Dead or Alive. It's like, Jesus Christ, guys, we get it. Guys, you love Dead or Alive. Guys, we get it. You like Dead or Alive. And apparently they did a Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. Yeah, and that's the one, I believe that's the one where they had the, where Ninja Gaiden 1 is actually Ninja Gaiden Black because they don't have the I original know. source code. Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Okay, okay. I forget that Sigma and Black are two separate things. Yeah, so they had Sigma, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and then Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. I didn't know that. That's interesting. But they love all those games you just listed off. They don't have the source code for any of them. It's all gone. All gone. On June 12th, uh, the final Metal Gear Solid game came out. That's right. Metal Gear Solid 4, The Guns of the Patriots. This was it. No more Metal Gear Solid after this, you guys. He's not doing... Nope. No more. Hideo Kojima was done after this one. Right, Josh? Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> this I mean, is technically sure. I, so as resident Metal Gear Solid super fanboy, I have to admit, I haven't played this one. I played like the first 10 minutes and just never got back into it. This is uh, the fourth one I've beaten. Literally. Not in that order, of course. But I just, yeah, I had a PS3 for a very short window of time, played for 10 minutes, decided I wanted to beat God of War 3 instead, and then ps3 exited my life as fast as it, as it showed up and this is like the third ps3 game i own because i remember going buying a ps3 i picked up uh this i picked up Killzone 2 and then i think i picked up god of war 3 i do think this is the so like every metal gear, metal gear solid has had a a terrorist unit that you're fighting i think this one has the worst it's the be- the Beauty and the Beast. So this for those for those who have played the Metal Gear, they did Metal Gear Solid Three had a camo function in it, and they really doubled down on the camo here because Snake has a uh, what would you call it like a suit that like if he if, yeah. like if he were to lay down on a patch of dirt, his suit takes the color of that patch of dirt. Yeah, it's basically like nano machines that just blend in with the environment. So if he's laying flat, it'll turn his suit that same color. So it helps you blend in. And a lot of a lot of the game takes place in a war zone. Uh, there's like metal gear with like sexy legs walking around. They're called geckos. Uh, the, it's hours and hours of trailers. Like for those watching the video version of this, it's been nothing. I could click forward, but it's been nothing but a cutscene. <laughs> yeah. So I so I was looking for videos of it. Literally, the first video was nothing but cutscenes, except for two minutes of gameplay. And I was like, Jesus Christ! So I had to keep scrolling through until I found one that had like actual gameplay so this is like i think half of this is gameplay so so i did watch so they they also dumped the so like metal gear solid 3 subsistence had they were experimenting with the camera being behind snake or movable around snake and they went all in on it for this one they're like no we have we can't have like the overhead camera it's really limiting and this i mean this eventually led to how metal gear solid 5 i know i know i said it was the last one so Hideo thought so as well. Hideo thought so as well. Uh, I watched the I watched videos for each boss fight in this one, and it was just so. The only boss fight I absolutely enjoy, and it's the part leading up to it, is when you're in Metal Gear Rex. 
Okay, yeah, Metal Gear Rex and Ray fight. I there was one particular one. I think it's called the the Crying Wolf or the Screaming Wolf. You fight it. So you go back to Shadow Moses for Metal Gear Solid One. Spoiler alert. And you end up fighting this mechanical wolf that like spits out a person to snipe you. And it's it was just the longest, most drawn out fight. Like I get it, it's a sniper fight, but then you also have like other. A pet peeve of mine with boss fights is having a boss fight where like other NPC like enemies show up to disrupt the fight just because I'm like, Oh, you, this wasn't challenging. So you just added people to distract you. Cool. I've always hated that. I agree. But I, the one thing I absolutely enjoyed in this game and I've seen it twice now, if you, so if you're crawling and you hold it just slightly in the direction you're going, he oh, moves yeah. like a, a worm. It's hilarious. It just cracks me I up. Hope he does. The oh, there it is. Yeah, oh. there it, is. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Cause it's like, uh, so for those who don't know, uh, it, it's only been, I think, like four years since, no, five years since the uh, Sons of Liberty uh, incident. And I bet you're wondering, why does Snake look old? Well, spoiler alert, Fox uh, he, has, he has Fox in his system, and it's actually rapidly increased his uh, cells aging process. So uh, he's actually only 30-something in this game, but his body is aged to like 50-something. Oh, that homie got wasted. He's still I think going. They, He's still. And I think if I remember correctly, Nick, he uh, he finds out he only has like a year left before uh, Fox die kills him, and if he dies, like it's supposed to spread across the world and kill everyone. That sounds like something that Konami would like put out there. Is like, hey, if you die, you're gonna spread this shit. Kind kind of like when people die in Death Stranding and they explode. <laughs> yeah. So the the whole idea of this game is he's trying to basically stop. Uh, Liquid Ocelot, who is uh, inside of Revolver Ocelot. I do like that he faked that the whole time. He's like, oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Spoiler. It was supposed to be like uh, gene therapy, uh, psychosis. Like He just did a bunch of stuff, like psychotherapy stuff to like become Liquid, but he really wasn't. It was basically like Ocelot was just trying to help Big Boss the whole time. Spoiler alert. Ocelot is the, is the true homie. <laughs> Oh, let's not forget. Okay, I take it back. the The second best boss fight of the whole entire game is the very last boss fight between you and uh, Ocelot. Oh yeah, because it changes it changes your health bar from like, like what it looked like in each game in the series, which I thought was yeah. cool. And then when you're doing certain fight, when you get to a certain point, like you do like a like a flashback, but kind of like a flashback to what they would look like when they were fighting. Mm-hmm. And then it would cut right back to the game, but it'd be like the next game's health bar and stuff. I, I will eventually play it. Eventually, I'll make sure you. I'll make sure you get a copy, Nick. Uh, June nineteenth, Super Mario Sluggers came out for Wii. So we talked about this earlier. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Mario like doing sports. It's it's a fun distraction for the children in the house and maybe the adults if you have some friends over and don't like want to play a baseball game but don't want to mess with. Oh, okay, I'll be be the Yankees. You be the Giants. But I don't know, man. I'd re- if I'm playing on the Wii, I'd rather be playing like Zelda or a Metroid or like a regular Mario game. I'm not trying to t- have Mario go yard at freaking St. Delfino Field or whatever the hell it's called. No. So in my opinion, there's only two race or two racing, two sports games Mario should be doing. Racing, so okay. karts. Okay. All right. No, I wouldn't consider that a sport, but okay. Strikers, the soccer. I want Mario cheerleading, goddammit. If we're, if we're putting all these sports out, Mario needs to be a cheerleader. I want it. I make mean, it happen. 
They I mean, with the with the the Switch controllers, it's a very possible thing now. I know, I know they have the technology. Nintendo, stop holding out. Get the real sport representation out here. Did they? They're putting out a new Mario Baseball. I feel like, or they just did. I, I know really they're doing just... a new soccer one. Yeah, I know a new soccer, but I don't remember about the baseball one. I, I think baseball look. came out last. I know. Te- See, there's so many fucking Mario. He's playing too many sports. He needs he needs to do what they tell the kids to do in high school. He needs to pick a sport and just play one other one and that's it just two sports he needs to be a two sport guy or else he's never going to master a skill that he can take into college mario come on man well first off mario's a little too old to be playing for college no he's not he was mario mario served in the mushroom kingdom army military his his ncaa clock does not start until he gets to college now (laughs) well it's gonna be that technical Mario, if you're here, you can't technically have an agent, but I will be your agent under the table. All right. Nick, before we go forward, Nick, can you tell me one big company that developed the game? Developed the game? Uh, yeah. Nintendo's pretty pretty good with Ubisoft and Capcom. I'm going to guess Ubisoft. Nope. Namco Bandai Games. Yeah, I would never get I didn't know. I didn't know, I didn't know that either. With Namco. I didn't know they were bed with Namco. I mean, I knew to to an extent they were, but I didn't think that extent. I didn't realize they were helping with sports games. But all, but also in that same breath, like that that seems backwards to me because it, it would feel like Namco would do so. Like Ubisoft did like a turn based strategy game with them. Namco did a sports game with them. I would have thought it would have been reversed. You would think. Uh, June twentieth, Alone in the Dark came out. This was a gritty remake. And I, they did a movie of this too, didn't they? Yes, it was terrible. I like the look of this game. The look of this game is the thing that stands out to me the most. Otherwise, are you about the dark themes. Or are you talking about the character design? They're 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 very cartoony looking. That the elevator just reached out for that man. Or oh oh god, where would he go? Oh okay, he, he grabbed on. The lighting was just very weird. Uh, who put this out, Josh? This is this is rough. So this is uh, Eden Games uh, developed and was published by Atari. So let's see what Eden Games did. Cause I Are they don't... doing anything since this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So they helped do like the V rallies. They helped do Kaya Dark Lineage, Test Drive Unlimited. Um, the most recent stuff they did was Gear Club Unlimited 2 and F1 Mobile Racing. I'm waiting for them to have days. their breakout title because th- this ain't it. <laughs> Well, V rallies were their probably their their ones. This is because... very so they're going they're doing the third person switch to first person thing, and it's very nauseating, especially when you have like all the camera shaking they're doing, the enemies popping out from everywhere. I just I mm, this is rough. Yeah, like well, okay. So first off, this the movie is not that good. Like, I would not recommend it. Spoilers. This right, yeah, spoilers. This right here, I mean. So visually, it doesn't look that bad. I mean, yes, I know it's 2008, so we got to be a little careful. The, li- the lighting we... looks, uh, the lighting coming out of those cur- those uh, blinds is fine. The fire is yes. rough. I just keep see- every time I see the fire, I'm like, turn away. <laughs> yeah, turn away from the fire. But otherwise, like, or even like this looking to cabinets and then being able to like that's that's really annoying. Like, either, like you said, Nick, make it first person, make it third person. Don't give me the switch like this. If you were doing this, this is fine. This looks the like switch. a this looks like a game that. They're like, we like Resident Evil, but we also like fear. And they couldn't decide what direction they wanted to go in. 
Okay, so actually, I was just thinking about that. Remember the old Resident Evil 4 trailers we got where it showed Leon fighting, like, the dark uh, shadow things? Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't zombies. It wasn't yeah, the... Yeah, like, there was, like, a hooked creature. Like... Yes. That's that, that's what this reminds me of, is that. I put some respect on those old trailers of Resident Evil 4. I think they're going back oh, to that Resident Evil 4, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. I think they're, like, they're like okay. we want to lean more on the horror. But this is... Yeah, look, that guy just... <laughs> <laughs> I can't. He got I can't yeeted. <laughs> he got I, yeeted. I can't anymore with this game. Moving on. We are moving on to the next one. Got to get it off my computer. Uh, Battlefield Bad Company came out on June 23rd, mm. PS3 and Xbox. Such a beautiful game. Beautiful series, honestly. People love the shit out of these. I'm trying to skip ahead of the trailer sequence. There we so, go. So there's a reason why people love this. Is, Not it, only the, is... is it the destructible buildings? So the destructible buildings are part of it. The multiplayer is fantastic, especially Bad Company 2's. I, I remember Bad it. Company 2. People like I think people still play the hell out of that. Honestly, I've I've tempted between how bad Battlefield 5 has been in the past few or how 2042 has been in the past others, like five and one have not been that good. But it's not just the destructive environments and the gameplay itself. Just if you ever have a chance to just watch like a long play of someone playing it. The script writing is fantastic. Like it takes like the seriousness of war and gives it like a good like it gives you like um Saving Private Ryan, like the action y stuff going on, and gives you some comedy. Like some really good comedy. It's hilarious. Like, I absolutely love the writing in this in this series. Just for one these is two, a little I more feel like I feel like it fell off at probably after these two though. Yeah, well, people want bad, bad company. I want bad company three to come out because we're, you know, the way they ended two. So like, one they could have they have to kind of like ambiguous sort of. Two they definitely have to where there's definitely going to be a third, but we just don't know when it's ever going to happen. But so like, one is a little more serious. So there's it's not nearly as funny. It's like two is like more comedy, but this is like the perfect combination, and two is just as good. I think this this seems fine, and I like. I remember liking the characters in this. I think we are starting to shift away from war games, though. Just with the state of the world. Like, Call of Duty, I think Call of Duty comes out this year, but then they're skipping next year. And that might just be like a, hey, we're getting acquired by Microsoft thing. But I do think think we're seeing like a shift away where like, if you're shooting anything that isn't an alien or a big, gross monster, I think people are going to start shying away from those, especially with what's going on right now. Which I can understand, but at the same time, people need to realize that Stuff, stuff like this, it's not, it's not meant to like say that war is good or anything like that. It's just a sense of you know telling a story. Like, yes, I, I know it involves war. I know people are going to be dying, but it's not. We're not actually showing real footage of people dying. We're not showing you know real lives being torn. It's just what it looks like in the perspective of if you're looking. Like, if you want to be a Hollywood star in an action movie with war, this is the closest you're going to get to it. Right, but I feel like games like this used to thrive off of the fact that like parent, dumbass parents would go to the store and be like, mm, Minecraft or Battlefield Bad Company. That sounds more well, fun. <laughs> well, that's and that's still the problem nowadays, though, is that people don't do their research. They're just like, they hear their kids. Like, I remember when we were kids, we're like, hey, can we get Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Mom Chris, didn't San- care. Hey, that they was Santa. It. That was Santa who brought it. Don't blame Mom. Oh, I'm sorry. Santa, Santa, Santa brought that. Sorry. Santa brought that. Put, put some respect. But, but it's like that like there's a reason why there's an uh an m or a t like there, there's a reason for all that it's not to just you know oh we're, we don't want to get fine no it's hey if you don't want your kids to know you know 
see people dying or have to talk to them and stuff. Don't buy this game. But, Don't but just at, the, at the same time, like how many people are like, how many times have like you might be different because I know you go in and buy games, but how many people are actually going in and buying games and how much of it now is like, Oh mom, I need the credit card to buy this. And then they buy it. And then like, maybe, Oh, what are you buying on steam? Oh my God, you're killing people in this game. Oh no. Then why do you go back and blame the company who developed it or published it rather than blaming yourself? Like as an, as, as an adult who, you know, doesn't have kids, I obviously don't understand yet, but I'm looking back at, you know, our past experience of going, I'm, I know to do my research. I, I, I know to be like, okay, well, said I'm, the man I'm who bought call, like, said the man who bought battlefield 2042. <laughs> that was okay. No, it's screw you. That was like me just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. And they basically just shat on me. They but. pulled your pants down and spanked your bottom. But, but, but at the same time, like I said, you, I, I, I can't blame the company for me saying, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. Like I'm going to blame them for all the shit they did, but I'm mad at myself for buying it at the full price. When I just, I think the company is going to be like, Hey guys, war's on the way out. We need to do more platformers right now. And then conquers bad fur day gets greenlit. <laughs> oh my God. I love I, if, if they did only if they did, they're just like, we're just going to, it's just going to be squirrel on squirrel action. One last game. This is Josh's pony show. June 26th, tales of symphonia, dawn of the new world. Josh, give the people what they want. Right, everyone. So this is the direct sequel to the, uh, I think it was 2003 game on the GameCube. Um, set like, what, 10? I think it's 10. No, it's five. It's it's a few years after it. It's, it's the same map, uh, new, some new characters, some new enemies. It's just on the Wii. Uh, nothing really new here. I just, I put it in here because honestly, this was like the first example of a sequel for them. So like, you know, like how Final Fantasy isn't known for their sequels. Like the closest thing we got to a sequel for the longest time was X and X2. Mm-hmm. And then you had prequels or sequels like Dirge of Cerebus for Final Fantasy VII or Crisis Core, the prequel for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so like, this is just something, it was something new that was, you know, we weren't familiar with it. Uh, it's, you know, in the series, the franchise, because let's, let's face it, Tales of Symphonia, by far one of the best of the, the Tales series. And then from there, it gets kind of ambiguous between all of them. But it's just really good. The gameplay was still, you know, the same. Nothing changed. The Wii didn't do anything to, like, make it stick out, if that makes sense. Like, you know, how, you know I told you most games in the Wii utilize the motion sensor. Mm-hmm. There, there really wasn't anything for that. I think... Uh, the only thing that was different is I think you could have the controls be when you sliced, it would actually do the basic attack. I just, I, I think anyone playing this game was probably using the, uh, the nunchucks probably. Oh yeah. No, they're like, or no, I don't even say that. I would say they're just using a GameCube controller. That's what they're used to yeah. for, for the first, uh, for Tales of Symphonia. I forget they had the port for that. GameCube controllers got the most mileage out of any controller in, oh, easily. <laughs> in console history. I feel like. I feel like the the Xbox One controllers are going to be right behind it, seeing as the Series X and S controllers are basically the same thing. They just have an additional button. Mm. I yeah, I think when they're when like the whatever space race comes and finds the this world after we've all been like melted away, they're going to be like digging through something and find like a GameCube controller in perfect <laughs> perfect condition, and that'll be like the artifact of our civilization <laughs> yeah but yeah like i said nothing nothing sticks out in this game it's like I said, just a sequel something we hadn't seen for the for the franchise and it's just honestly uh, if you haven't played any of the tales games highly recommend picking one up even the newest one i enjoyed it as well so 
Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, didn't want to sneeze on the mic. So that is that is 2008, the, the second half of 2008. We'll get to the third half of 2008 next week. We got some quick news, though. Quick news. Boop, 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 boop. Josh, you ready for some news? Boop, 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 boop. I am, but there really isn't much news, guys. Like I said uh, last uh, last one, part one. Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister? It's time for old news. None of the news appears until like after, like when July hits. All of a sudden, you have all these huge announcements, all these huge things. You got E three and stuff like that. So like the beginning of the year is like really slow. So let's see, May thirteenth through the fifteenth, two thousand eight, Ion Game Conference. They should have just called it the Iona, 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 Iona. So basically, their focus that year was on uh, multiplayer gaming, mobile, casual games. Sounds like, so they have what they talked about listed, but it sounds like a generic overview of everything at the time. Because I, yeah, this is almost iPhone time. So I mean, we're getting ready for the mobile incoming of gaming. Right, and the multiplayer is is actually picked up a lot. Like at this point, where there's, if you don't have a multiplayer system in your game that's not online capable basically you were losing revenue people mm-hmm. did not want to buy it and then the last piece of news we got here june 28th blizzard entertainment announces uh diablo 2 in paris france i read three. that as it as in like diablo 2 is set in paris france no that's where uh, they announced it three nick you keep saying two did i say two i sorry i meant three you said two twice <laughs> no well you know what it's diablo I, it'll always be diablo 2 in my heart uh, <laughs> okay I, I don't know why they didn't announce that in blizzcon at blizzcon I think they were trying to get people hyped up like for it to come to BlizzCon to see like some of yeah. the game. Cause BlizzCon yeah, is think... what late summer. Yeah. Cause like, so like they they just, all they did was announce it. I don't think they released like a trailer or anything for it. And I think at BlizzCon, that's when they introduced like the trailer and maybe some gameplay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, Diablo three is fine. I know people love it or hate it. Yeah. I mean, I thought two was better <laughs> personally. That is the news. All right, so that is the news. We're gonna go get set. So we're doing a speed cap today, doing a speed cap for Dark Sector that uh, Josh decided last time. I'll be doing it. Josh will be scoring it. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to get that set up. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, we're back. Okay, so we're doing we're doing a speed cap. So the speed caps will be usually like usually we'll have a quiz at the end of a uh, at the end of a calendar. That we're reviewing so every two it's still going to be every two weeks but sometimes it'll be a quiz sometimes it'll be a speed cap today i'm doing dark sector chosen by josh because he won last week's quiz and we're doing 15 minutes today because a shorter game a little, little lighter on the plot compared to other games but it's gonna be a good time josh has put together a sheet i'm gonna throw it up here i'm not looking i'm not cheating it's just there that is the sheet we're gonna put a pdf of that up for you guys in the show notes so you can play along so you don't have to strain to read that because Google Sheets is not very friendly when you're zooming in. No, it is not. It is not. So I have the clock ready. Josh, are you ready? Uh, I'm as ready as we can be. All right. Let me get my clock here going. I, I'm i kind of nervous about this one because I remember like some stuff, but some of the details kind of like fade from my memory, have faded from my memory. I agree. I was when I was doing the review and looking it up. I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally forgot that happens." I was like, oh, "Yeah, that's yeah." I, I just I got my mind blown a couple times. So I'm like, "Oh man, this this is something like I'm 
happy that they didn't make this and they went into Warframe, but at the same time, part of me wants the sequel. I I always forget that these guys are still around. Yeah, they just they went into Warframe, and Warframe is doing a lot better. Because Warframe great is game. still really big, right? Yeah, it's a, I mean, first off, free to play. Secondly, there's so much you can do to it. I mean, there's people on there that like, I've watched videos of people who, who don't spend any money on it and just play the game to get everything. And it blows my mind how you take so, you know, most free-to-play games, you end up having to pay like some money, end up paying some money to get some stuff. Mm-hmm. This is one of the examples of as long as you play the game enough, you don't ever have to pay for stuff ever. That's how I feel about Gwent. Gwent, like, yeah. yeah, you start out bad, but if you just keep pushing through, you'll get enough points. To where you don't yeah, have to spend money. That being said, I have spent money, so don't judge me. But that, and on top of this, there's so much you can do. They keep adding new stuff that's great content. It, honest, guys, give it a try if you haven't, or at least watch a video. It's really good. All right, we are going to do 15 minutes. Clock is set. Oh, come on, clock. And we are going to do this. Here we go. Uh, go, and it'll pop up. When it hits 15, I will start. All right, so Dark Sector came out in 2008. Uh, Digital Extremes did it. They're the guys behind Warframe that everybody loves. I've seen bits and pieces. I haven't really played it myself. Uh, the main character is Hayden. Uh, oh, hell, what did you say his last name was? It is, uh, uh, is it Tenno? Hayden Tenno? And he is a uh, he's an agent. He is uh, there to stop this guy named Victor. Uh, he's uh, going to do something bad. And there's another guy. Oh, what's his name? It is, uh, I think it's like uh, Robert Mendez. Uh, so Robert, so Aiden's there to stop Victor. Hayden's kind of an asshole. He's like the CIA type operant person. He communicates with this AD guy about his meeting. Uh, ah, there's a virus he's trying to stop. It's called the Technolite. Uh, so basically he tracks Victor down to this island called, uh, it's like a fictional, it's a fictional country outside of the Soviet Union. Is it Lazria? Lazria? Ah, something like that. And, um, so he kills Victor. Hayden, like I said, is an asshole. Uh, but Vic, so Victor's dead. But this other guy, the other guy, uh, the Robert Mendez guy, he is. Uh, he captures he captures Hayden at one point and stab, has uh, his uh, his goon nemesis, which is this tall metal looking motherfucker with the two sided glaive, stabs Hayden, and Hayden's arm gets infected. And now Hayden like grows this like three pronged glaive that he can throw at enemies and disembowel them and dishead them and it's used for puzzles it's really sweet so basically the whole game is hayden trying to stop uh this robert mendez guy from sending out this virus um uh, around the world uh, he works with this woman named nadia who she it's like is she, she's kind of like the ada wong stand-in like you know ada from like the resident evil series with uh leon like is she good is she bad who knows more on that later uh, he works with her to try and stop him. Uh, there's a radio transmission going out through a church. Hayden goes in to stop that. And I think this is where the first boss pops in. It's like a gorilla-looking guy. So this this Technolite virus gives people powers. And there's some, like, there's some like, guys that have these so-so powers, but, like, there are these boss monsters that, like, there's this one tough gorilla that you fight in a church. You kill him, and you get, like, uh, I think it's, like, this uh, melee move that's really powerful. Uh, you stop the you stop what's going on in the church. You stop the transmission, and you end up on a tanker. Which I think the tanker portion of this game is the best part. Uh, there's a lot of enemies. There's a lot of ambushes, and uh, you um, 
you find this other enemy that's like this gecko that can go invisible. And this thing is fucking terrifying. It, I think it's tearing through other dudes, not just like trying, not just stalking you, but terrifying and killing other dudes. And then it like starts to sink the tanker with everybody in it. And you end up fighting it. It's a, I remember that being a very tough fight. I remember going through that a lot. It was, this is a tough game. This is not an easy game. So you fight that. You eventually find out that the nemesis that stabbed you earlier was actually uh, the Natalie girl, or the Nadia girl that I mentioned earlier. Uh, there's another person. I forget her name. She helps you. Uh, I think it's she's a sleeper agent. Uh, what's her name? Is it Yargo or something like that that's working with... Um, Working with Robert, but she's a sleeper agent for you guys. She's like, hey, you're not going to be able to beat the Nemesis without like a metal suit. Like the one it has, you get a metal suit. And you basically look like a badass. It basically looks like you're on the Warframe cover. So you go and fight the Nemesis. You end up beating the Nemesis, finding out it's Natalie and killing her. And then you uh, you get to Robert. Fuck, why do I keep forgetting this guy's name? This is a tough one. Uh, you get there. Um, you're getting more powerful. Uh, you're finding out that like this this virus is supposed to like contaminate your mind just like everyone else you've seen that's had it and it it's funny because you're like this asshole that everyone's like oh fuck this guy and uh so you should be like the easiest person to contaminate but you're having it's having the opposite effects of you on you it's making you a better person uh you eventually uh you catch up to what's his nuts you robert no yeah robert mesner you kill him uh, you stop, you stop like the transition of this stuff from going out and, um, it's ba this, this game is basically superhero, like the superhero origin story of Hayden. Uh, there's the multiplayer in there. There's a version of it where it's Hayden versus everybody, which is kind of, which is kind of like a precursor to the evolution fable legends games that would be coming out five years later or getting canceled five years later. There were, uh, there was a uh, team with a Hayden versus another team with a Hayden. That was a lot of fun as well. Uh, you could use the glaive. You could catch it on fire, for, uh, get it, get nitrogen on it. Uh, I'm sorry, liquid nitrogen on it. You could uh, electrocute it and hit enemies with it. Uh, what else? Uh, there was this deal. So this game was a blatant, a blatant RE4 clone. There was a merchant there. Like you'd go into the sewer to see him and buy guns. He'd be like, hey, Yankee Doodle came to town. Riding on his pony, like he would say stupid shit like that, and you're like, "Who the fuck wrote this?" And it was it was fun, like it like the mechanics were. You could take cover. You couldn't blind fire though, so it was very Gears of War in the in the fact that you could take cover, but it wouldn't you like you could throw the glaive, but it wouldn't let you blind fire, which you would think that'd be like, oh no fucking way, like throw the glaive, blind fire, do 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 do. No, sorry, not happening. Uh, what else? What else about this game? This Xbox 360 PS3, it's on PC for 10 bucks on Steam. I'm thinking about buying it after this because I want to play it again. Uh, it was very middling. So this game was originally like a sci-fi game. The original trailers showed like Hayden in space and like a suit that's very much like his final suit in the game. But this is a very different game compared to what it was. I think, I think um, Warframe is closer to what that original trailer was. Uh, and I think... Is there anything else I want to touch on? Uh, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to yield my time. Are you sure? At eight minutes, my brain, my brain has ex excreted everything that I can remember from my research a few days ago. Okay. I yield my time. Let, let the board know that I yield my time with eight minutes remaining. 
All right. So uh, first point, you got the setting right. It is last three at supporter of Soviet Union. You got Hayden Tenno. He's the main character. Robert Mesner is the antagonist. Yargo Mesnik is the uh, supporting character. Um, you got half points. You only got Yargo. You got AD right. You got Nadia right. One name. You know, you were messing with Natalie and stuff, but you got Nadia right. Weapon Glaive. You got a full credit for that. Uh, moving down, uh, you got the part where he's looking for Victor's Victor, basically, who's like an informant. Uh, we move down. You're right. He didn't uh, rescue him. He ended up executing him because he's a loose end. Uh, ends up fighting uh, Mesner's uh, resistance. Got full credit. Moving down, you got half credit for this next part. You did talk about uh, fighting the humanoid uh, nemesis, but you didn't mention the C4 charges he plants in the building. Going down to the next one, full credit for uh, he ends up waking up after being coming unconscious, gets stabbed in the arm, and comes infected with the tenocyte. Uh, then escaping, uh, you were full credit for the next part of and his arm being mutated with it, and then contacting his superior AD. Uh, half credit for the next one. You mention um, him meeting up with Yargo, but you didn't mention the fact that he gives him a booster shot, and then ends up uh, fighting off an ambush of soldiers, uh, and then producing the glaive itself. Then we go on down to another half credit for. Uh, the infection spreading and, and the progression of like the moves and stuff, like learning how to throw the glaive and call it back and stuff. Um, but you didn't mention that he Mesner uh, telepathically talks to you throughout right. the, oh, yeah, the deal. Uh, eventually you didn't get this next part, but he does uh, get the booster shot and gets updated orders and stuff. He doesn't take the booster yet. Uh, moving down half credit for talking about going to the church and destroying the transmitter. You got that right. And talking to Nadia, but you forgot to mention that uh, he ends up having to fight off uh, infected and stays away, blah, blah, blah. Um, next part, half credit again. Uh, you did talk about getting onto the freighter and fighting um, the lizard monster thing. I forget exactly what they call it. Um, but you not mention that Yargo ends up getting captured uh, and interrogated. Uh, moving forward, same thing here. No credit. Uh, you find out that Nadia is looking for the vault and is interrogating Yargo, who knows where it's at. Uh, moving down, uh, you didn't mention the fighting through the train station to find Yargo, uh, and then um, going through like an intense in, uh, technocyte-induced pain, and it ends up taking the booster shot. Mm -hmm. uh, going forward, no points. He, uh, you find out that the Yargo laced his booster shots with a special chemical because Mesner had a similar situation that happened and he was afraid that you would become Mesner or like Mesner where you lose your mind. Uh, you end up not next part. You talk, you didn't talk about how uh, he wakes up there. Yargo tells him all this stuff and then finds out that he can get him a suit just like the nemesis suit at the bottom of the uh, Vazro research facility. Um, but you have to call out the infected. Um, you did talk about him fighting uh, Hayden by Nemesis, and you did mention that it is Nadia who's under the suit. So you have Coldcraft both of those. Uh, you did not mention that uh, Hayden uh, rendezvous with AD, and AD basically made a deal with uh, Mesner and then gives Hayden the booster shot for the road. And he kind of pisses off uh, Hayden because he's like, this is all for nothing then, basically, and then injects him with the booster, which ends up killing him. And then, of course... Hayden fighting uh Hayden or Hayden fighting Resner or Mesner, uh killing him and then the whole like setting up this is his hero story, his hero uh origin story. Is he in Warframe at all? 
I, see, I actually don't know that. I don't. The only thing I know of mention of him is his last name Tenno. I actually haven't looked into it, and I'm, there might be some like uh, Easter eggs for it. But other than Tenno, I don't think I've noticed anything for it. I'd, I'd be curious to see if he's in there. I might have to do some research on my own. What, what was my yeah. score? So you got thirty-five points. You did a lot better than I thought. There are some pieces you missed, but really, you hit a lot of the full point ones. That's what saved your grace. Boop, 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 boop. Hell, fucking yeah. Fucking 35 points on a game that I read about a few days before. <laughs> you played 14 years ago. And I played it 14 years ago. I just remember. Does that make you feel old? See, 14. So I would have been 16. Yeah, it makes me feel old. Thanks, asshole. You're welcome. Thanks, you fucking dick. <laughs> so that is that is part two of 2008. Uh, next week, I don't know if Jake will be back. Hopefully, we'll see if he is. I mean, it's not like he wouldn't be, but. Uh... What do you say? His stuff be up on the night. So we might be one more episode sans Jake, but then we will be non-sans Jake in like two weeks. So next week we take a look, July, August, September. So kind of a kind of a dry period. We, we might narrow down games a little more to even, even shorter list. There's that many games. Honestly, there's more news than games at that point. So yeah. we'll, we'll be we're getting more into the in-depth stuff of the news. And I'm excited about The Last 2008 because one of my favorite games of all time came out at the end of the year. Oh no, I, I am looking at the list. There's some there's some bangers in there. Okay. Well I'm still looking forward to the October, November, December episode, because like I said, one of my favorite games of all time came out in that time period. I won't spoil it. You'll just have to wait until that episode to find out. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tease you with it next week. Uh, I'm as always I am Nick Fat Knight on Twitch. You can find me at that Kaufman on Twitter. A uh, little light, little light on the stream side this week. I might be doing a writing stream on Thursday. Otherwise, I'm out of town for work a lot this week. Might also, might also play some Iron Harvest. It's been a minute since I streamed it. So, Josh, where can the people find you, and when are you streaming? Uh, you can find me on Twitch under uh, I'm Josh saying. Uh, I'm trying to get a, ser- a series set up for this week. It'll probably be uh, Tuesday. Oh, I don't want to be Tuesday. Sorry, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Okay. What do you do? You know what you'll be playing? Uh, not yet. Okay. To be determined. Well, stay tuned. Keep an eye on the Discord channel. Keep an eye on Josh's Twitter. Uh, his his ghost town of a Twitter right now. But keep an eye on his Twitter. I'm actually rebranding that, so I'll I'll want to be a new one there too. Okay. All right, everybody. This is Smashing Game Time. We uh we hope you guys had a Smashing Game Time with us today. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>